We've got 10 nights until the next full moon. Well, he was what I would call a Sasquatch. pilots that showed unidentified flying objects. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. I don't believe 99% of the things that people claim they've seen. I think this is in that 1%. A lot of people make fun of me, but I don't care. I know it's there. G'day and welcome back to the Mallow Tiger Podcast. My name's Bree Wolf, and joining me as always is... The one and only... I'm back! Jordan Ernst. Well, it's similar to Josh, your names anyway. Yeah. I think we're just interchangeable now. I don't think so. We're just the one person. Have you ever seen that movie Split? <laughs> you share one brain. Yeah. Lucy always says that to me at work. She's like, it's like we share one brain. I'm like, that means we're really dumb. Yeah. Like, Is that a compliment? Yeah, I mean, how about we're on the same wavelength? Yeah. We share a brain. Yeah, that's a lot better. Are you happy to be back? Oh, yes. I was actually really excited to get back in here. For someone who is a co-creator, you've been gone more than Josh has. I know, and I can't help it, like, all these luxurious holidays, you know? Well, I'm so mad. Josh and I were just sitting here just like, fuck you, mate. (laughs) (laughs) 2021's really my year. I was like, have you been getting the snaps? Josh is like, what? I'm like, don't look at them. (laughs) Well, yeah. So we go away for one holiday a year, and the good thing about it is Beck's got her holiday. She's been going there for 26 years, her family. So we go there. We only get two holidays a year, really. And Turon. And then Turon, our one. So it was a bit of a blend, a bit of a mix. And this uh, year we got upgraded on the river. So I know. It, it looks so oh, nice. Your room gorgeous. did. I was like, where are you guys? Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just here. Just changed my fifth shitty nappy for the day. Like, <laughs> I bet they're not even having that good of a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, it was really good. Really good to get away. But I'm back and ready to get into it. Ready to hit hit the road. Yeah. As they say, we've got an interesting one this week. You said you saw an article you wanted to talk about. We, we will be talking about the Hinterkaifeck murders, the unsold murders of a fa- whole family and their maid in Germany. But you said something piqued your interest. You yeah, to I've got a little bit of a treat for you here today. Oh, is it chocolate? Oh, no. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> now you're going to be disappointed. Now you've got high hopes. Yeah, it's going to be shit, whatever it is now. Well, this article came from the Daily Mail and I was just scrolling in the book and I come across it. And um, it's a large black cat sighting. Where? So, oh, wait, no, no, so I'm get too, I'm get too, yeah. tell me the most important, no, you've got to start and you've got to tell me everything, not just the most important details straight up. <laughs> you wait. Yeah, you'll be like, on your roof. So the headline reads, Carpenter catches a huge cat on camera while going for a walk near a swamp with his son. So what are you doing <laughs> in my swamp? <laughs> it's really Shrek. <laughs> Carpenter's photo of a big cat has sparked debate over whether it proves Black Panthers really do roam. Victoria's Mornington Peninsula. Was it in Wakanda? Wakanda forever. (laughs) (laughs) Black Panther. You get it? Yeah, I'm with you. Michael Corr, 36, was walking through the Tutgaruk wetlands (laughs) southeast of Melbourne last Thursday with his 11-year-old son when he spotted the feline. He managed to pull out his phone just in time to take a photo before the animal wandered through the snake-fest breeds. So I'll give you a look at the photo while I continue. And I shall describe Shall I describe it really quickly? No, oh, just see what my, you think. Oh, the tail is very... It's, so th- basically it's walking into like a cane field, yeah? Mm-hmm, yep. And you can see its tail. We'll post on the Facebook page. Yeah, definitely. You can see it's like... You can't see its head. You can see one of its front legs, two of its back legs and its tail. And its tail is very feline. It's definitely feline, But right? it's fat. Mm. It's a chubby but bubby. Look, but look how long its legs are too. Yeah, it's big and mm. it's feline. I would say it is a miniature pony. A very <laughs> skinny miniature pony. No. <laughs> it's donkey. The it tail is, is track. Yeah, the tail is definitely feline. Yeah, so that's the photo we got snapped of it. And um, speaking to the da- uh, Daily Mail Australia, the father of two said the animal looked like it was on its way to find a meal. Yeah, but it looks like it's on its way to Maccas after being <laughs> at Maccas. It's a big boy, like it's coming. Going, going back for yeah. more. It's got one of those fat pooches. Mm. So Michael Kaur captured what he believes is a large um, cat similar to the elusive Black Panther in the Tutkaruk wetland southeast of Melbourne last Thursday. I just thought that's the biggest cat I've seen and it was just crossing the tracks as if it was stalking something, he said. My son ran in the other direction. Well, no shit. <laughs> Good instincts. <laughs> yeah, it was read well. We've been down there before and heard things rustling in the reeds, but had never seen anything like Would this. Would you go back? Yeah. I will. Uh. I would, but I'd be very, like, vigilant. I wouldn't go back just looking, like... No, no, Eve, like, would you go back to even just walk? Like, I feel like I'd be, like, if you're hearing rustling in the bushes, you'd be like, am I its next meal? It yeah. couldn't catch you. It could not. It's His too- 11-year-old son might be up for it, though. <laughs> so, Mr. Kaur said that the animal definitely had the head of a cat. Well, you can't even... You can't see it in the photo, but we've got to take his word for it, I guess. And moved like a feline. 
adding there was no way he had mistaken it for a dog. From that tail, it doesn't look Dude, like a Dude, you'd have to have like a... It, one, the shape... It's got like that weird tiger-shaped like S tail. Mm, yeah. For a dog's tail, it would have to be broken, but I don't think it would even be long enough. It's just to too... Yeah, but it's too streamlined. Like, it's yeah, really it's skinny. Thin. So it's not tapered. Mr. Core goes on to say, I know feral cats are big, but possibly could have been something else, as there are stories that go way back about panthers in the wild of Australia, left from the travelling circus mm-hmm. and also from World War Two. I just don't understand why we're still... To be honest, like, I'm that much of a believer in it that I'm just like, why is this still, like, a cryptid thing? Mm. Like, I think it makes perfect sense. Like, it's not like, oh, they're natural habitat. Like, no, people, so many people own them illegally, back, especially in the 70s. Like, you've seen Tiger King. Exactly. Like, that was a thing that happened often. People own these animals as pets. And Australia is the perfect place for them. Like, we have out-of-control feral cats around here all yeah. the time, like, eating all the birds and stuff. That. This is prime real estate yeah, the for a native, big black cat. The natives, like wildlife and shit that they eat. Mm. But I just think, and because a lot of the time, I think there was something, we can do an episode on it, but they passed something where it was like illegal to have them and people just released them. Yeah. Or, or they escaped or whatever. I'm Same just, with like the Everglades and stuff in Florida. Yeah. Do all you the think, stuff they release there. Do you think they just breed with normal cats? Like how are they still alive? Like how does that happen? Or uh, they found uh, each other? Uh, it's love. How long do... <laughs> They live for a long time, though, big cats, don't they? Like 20 years or something. I'm not sure. That's still in the year 2000. Yeah, I'm not sure. Might have been a bunch of them released at once. I don't think... Oh, who knows? They probably could mate with a domestic cat. (laughs) 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 Poor little thing. Big boy. So anyway, the father said that after sharing the photo to to a few community Facebook pages, he was flooded with messages from other locals saying that they have... They had seen it too around the peninsula. So there's other sightings of this big black cat at the peninsula. How nuts are some of these Facebook pages? Like, I think I'm on pretty much a lot of the same Mm. ones that you're on. Yeah. And some of the shit I see posted. (sighs) Some dude the other day, I'm not going to say what side it was on, but it was like a kind of like a Bigfoot Yowie one. It was an Australian one. He basically just Googled images of Yowies and Bigfoot. And just posted like a big thread of it, like 16 images and be like, how can they not be true? And everyone's <laughs> oh, like, man. where did you, everyone's kind of like, no one like, like fact checks or like, where's your source? Like from that. And this kind and of muddies like, all the waters, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. And he goes, Google. And I'm like, I, you reverse image half of it. And it's literally just like a guy talking about how he got in an ape suit and took these photos. Oh man. Like, you know what I mean? Like no yeah. one, like I just, I think you need to be really critical of it because so many people aren't. Especially when you're putting it out there for everyone, you got to have your facts straight. I didn't comment, and no one else really did either. But, but that it was surprised me. Like, like Facebook's a fairly vicious like place. A lot of skeptics just have a go at anything. So. I think it's like this page might have been a bit more regulated. Like, don't be mean to the, like dum- pro, the dummies. Yeah. I don't know, but it was just very like some a no few distasteful people, posts. Yeah, a few a few people were like, "Hey, where did you get these from? Like, where mm. are the what's your source?" And he wrote back. Google, you can just Google them. That's literally what <laughs> he said. This thing called Google? Yeah, and that's what it's he said. Amazing. And I was like, oh, poor fella. But, I, but and I'm not just picking on him, like, whatever. It's mm. just like, you. I see that. I'm surprised but how, by how often I see that. Yeah. And then it makes me wonder, like, because I'm always like, there's so many people believe in it. Like, Josh and I were talking about, like, the 2.5% of America that believed in aliens last mm. week. And I'm like, that's so many. And then I see posts like that, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. That, like, it doesn't warm my heart anymore. It's just like, yeah. No. That's what I'm saying. It muddies the ward for everything for else. For sure. Make me start. Anyway, Mr. Cor goes on to say, my my son is spinning out. He's doing research about panthers. He's fascinated <laughs> and a bit scared too. My son is spinning out. Oh, he's yeah. in his room spiraling. <laughs> I can just imagine, you know, the kid's seen this panther and he's just re- he's going to be a future researcher on the black oh, panthers now. He'll be like, Dad, what's a werewolf? <laughs> he is hooked. Uh, another Facebook uh, user replied, finally, a decent photo of an elusive panther. Because you don't see uh, very many of them. There was another photo there, and you could tell it was just a domestic cat. Well, sometimes there are some big-ass domestic cats, yeah. which might as well be classified as panthers. Like, I look at him, and I go, ah, I'll give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> he tried very hard. He's a big boy. He's got good stock. <laughs> so, But others said that it's simply a domestic cat roaming the wetlands. I don't I don't know that, how they can quickly if that so was dismiss a domest- it. If that was a domestic cat, that would be... at at. This is me being, like, really, really taking it down a notch, at least up to my knees. Yeah. The back of it, at yeah. least. You can, t- you can just tell the body on it and the long legs. Like, it's a big cat, whether it's a domestic or what, it is a big boy. He'd be in that cane field eating them rats, boy. Do you see that <laughs> belly on him? Yeah. <laughs> so the panther sightings on the morning, uh, Mornington Peninsula go back to 35 years with a 2018 photo, the most recent to be debunked, and they are common across Australia. In March last year, Sean Miljoen said he saw a bobcat near the road in the Yarra Ranges. 
In August, a Queensland woman claimed a big cat attacked her dog for the second time near her home in Jensen. That's scary. 20 Unless minutes west of dog. Townsville. Yeah, little, yep, yep, probably. <laughs> Fuck him up. Yeah, <laughs> the North Queenslander said it was the third time she had seen the Black Panther. The first being 10 years ago when she claimed to have seen one carrying a baby panther in its mouth. So oh. there we go, like a little, like, just talking about the breeding. You could say something for someone seeing them so often, like, oh, she's seen them three times. Like, you'd be like, oh, she's lying or she's unhinged. Mm. But then they're quite territorial, aren't they? Yeah. So it would make sense if she lives there and she sees them quite often, then they're, like, why wouldn't they be hanging around? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Like, a lot of people say, oh, if they've seen him so often, get a camera and, like, take a photo. But you never know when you're going to pop up. She just said, like, the no, first one like, was, like, 10 years ago. That's a decade Okay, ago. but, like, I have – there was literally a program on the Discovery Channel that I – my neighbour on the property I own up the back of Whoop Whoop has seen Black Panthers. My husband was talking to another neighbour the other day who knew nothing about, like, Black Panther research or, like, people being into it, who literally said to him, yeah, real weird. The other day I saw this giant black cat and he's like, it was like the size of a panther, hey. It was fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he didn't know the background of panthers no, in Australia. No, that's right, yeah. He lives in a caravan with no Wi-Fi, no TV. I, he, like, eats stuff he finds on the ground. I don't know. And he was like, yeah, it was weird. It was so strange. And then yet, like, I'm so into this. What the fuck am I not putting up cameras for? Because, like, I'm busy. Yeah. Like, and they're expensive and I have a job. And the likelihood of catching on camera versus the effort you go into to do it, not to mention the, the monetary outlay, it just, it isn't... Well, you snap a photo anyway and it ends up on there and then everyone's just like, oh, no, it's just domestic it's anyway. You go through all that effort you're just like, oh, It's fuck. a sick fox. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> it's a chupacabra. Yeah. <laughs> that would be even better, like, honestly. <laughs> So there have long been rumours of black panthers, an animal group that includes leopards and jaguars roaming around Australia. So here's another thing that I learnt today. Panther is the genus of the group, mm-hmm. so it's not the actual cat. So a jaguar is a panther. Yeah, because it's got... The, and you see the black jaguars. Which yeah. Is, they're, so a, they're cool. So a black jaguar is, is a panther. Like, everything's a panther. A puma's a panther. It's is just this a why we say group. black panther? That's exactly right. Yeah. Even lions and that are part of the panther group. I can't say Black Panther without thinking Wakanda forever. <laughs> I said that to Dan the other day. I was talking about, I was like, country in Africa. I was like, oh, fuck. I can't remember. I think it was Wakanda. And he like looked at me and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's probably not appropriate. No. <laughs> so, but none have been caught. Believers say the big cats escaped zoos in the 1800s mm. or were brought to Australia by World War II American soldiers in the 1940s as mascots. To what? <laughs> Cheer squads for the World War Two. Kill all the people. Yeah, probably. So people out there are probably wondering, how do you spot the difference between a domestic cat and a panther? So I googled a lot of this, and I was going running up trees everywhere trying to work out somewhere to tell me the difference, and no one could tell me the difference. So I literally googled two pieces: yeah, the panther and the cat, and put them together, and this is what I could come up with. Okay. So the panthers have a more like rounded ear. Yes. Whereas domestic cats are more pointed. Uh, panthers are more like a bear type. Yes, ear, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And they have the wider head. Mm-hmm. So the cats are more like streamlined face, whereas the panther has a bit and more. And it's got like that wide bridge nose. Yes, he's a bit chubby. <laughs> and this is the new one that I learned: is the pupil of the panthers and large cats are round. You know oh, really? how cats normally got like that slitted sort Oh, yeah, of like look? little goat eyes, but vertically. So if you get close enough to be able to identify it's a pupil. You like, probably won't be repeating what you no, said. No, you won't be. That's probably why no one said it. <laughs> but the pupils are actually, yeah, circle. So that's another one I found out. And also, obviously, a few pounds larger. Yeah, that that was a big boy. Yeah. That was, look, I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. That was not a domestic cat. No. So a black panther can weigh up to 113 kilograms. That's massive for a cat, and in rare cases, even reach 136 kilograms. Low-key kind of want one as a pet. Mm. Not that I ever would, because they're wild animals. They should be in the wild. But exactly, that would have been fun if you can actually domesticate them. But I don't think you can. I think a wild animal is a wild animal. Walking down the main street, this thing on a lead just balling out of control. I'm thinking of like, uh, what was it? Walking Dead, the tiger in Walking <laughs> yeah. Dead. Terrible CGI, but still yeah. like, what a ball! I just fucking them up left, right, and center. Mm. So those panthers reach pretty big, 113 kilo, whereas domestic cats usually weigh in at a mega 5.5 kilo. Dude, my average. cats are lucky to weigh that much. So although the heaviest record domestic cat was Himmy, who Aww. lived in Cairns, Queensland, Australia, weighing in at a staggering 21 kilograms. Oh, that's so the not largest even close, cat. Yeah. Not even close to what that is, and that's the largest cat ever recorded. And a little sad fact is Himmy died at the age of 10 of respiratory failure. Yeah, because he's so big. Him. And the photo of him, yeah. he's, he's a big boy. <laughs> but 10's pretty good for a big fat cat, too. Yeah, that's kind of sad, though. It's like, get him on a diet. Mm. So, yeah, that's, um, that's the sighting of the big, large black cat. 
cats I like I 100% believe they're real but I think cats are really dumb like our my cats are really dumb their mum and dad's dogs kept coming over eating their cat food they wouldn't finish it they're like snackers they're grazers <laughs> and they wouldn't finish their cat food and mum and dad's dogs would come over and eat it because they knew it was like easy pickings and then they would meow all night because they wanted more of their cat food so do you know what I did I put it up on a table which is literally like no like two feet off the ground they couldn't figure out how to get up there and so I'd pick them up to teach them how to get up there and then they were scared of being up there. So what? then they, they didn't want to eat. Cats were scared of heights. I don't know. They just was like, this isn't the, this isn't the usual <laughs> yeah. way we do things. Yeah, it is now. I think they're scared of not having a routine. <laughs> <laughs> they're creatures of habit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I 100% believe in it. Do you? I do. I don't think it's like even... Not that I believe in werewolves, because I, I really don't. I believe in dogmen, but not really werewolves. I think they're fun, but mm. I don't believe The stories real. are always good. Yeah, I just think it's not plausible. Mm. But, like, why wouldn't a panther be plausible? Why do people think you're crazy for thinking that? And it makes so much sense. Like, we've heard stories growing up about big black cats and all that sort mm. of thing. But, like, the circus, escaping from the circus, that's plausible. Yeah. I feel like happen. it's more plausible than even, like, the Tasmanian tiger being alive. Yeah, I think so. Those sightings are more plausible. He was a big, big guy. Mm. And thank God that guy got his phone out and took a photo because no one would have fucking believed him. No. He would have looked like an idiot. <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw like, it. Well, it's just a photo of the grass. <laughs> it walked in there. <laughs> Take my word for it. It's literally a person in an ape suit. Or it's Bigfoot. Is this a Black Panther? <laughs> Bigfoot's just like... Oh. It's just gone the other way. All right, so what do you got for us today? I have um, the unsolved Hinterkaifeck family murders. Have you ever heard of this? No, I haven't. Oh, you in for such a fucking And I went, when you told me we were doing this, I was going to go, like, oh, I'll Google it and see what it's been. And then I went, hang on. I want to sit no. here and I want to listen to it. This is... You know how you have those cases where you hear it for the first time and you think, fucking hell, how have I never heard of this? This is yeah. amazing. It's kind of like I... Like, this I would put in the bucket with Dyatlov Pass. Oh, really? It's like one of those bizarre cases that you just think there's so many strange things. That is not my alarm. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, I just got off night shift and my alarm was still on. No work tonight, though. <laughs> Fuck you, alarm. I'm I just, I just leave it on all the time, so it reminds me that I'm meant to be at work. Yeah, so you like feel better yeah. as well. You're just like, ah, but I'm not. I'm and now I'm just going to take a sip from my beer. <laughs> so it is one of those. I feel bad because I feel like um, this is one that would just like blow Josh's mind. Mm. And like, I don't think he would have ever heard of it, but it is, it's really good. It's one of the like, it's like an old timey one. So a lot of the stuff's kind of like, oh, yeah, a bit, sh- bit, bit hazy. But that's what the good one is about the old time. You can't really prove it because it's so yeah. old, but you have piqued my interest. It's one of the most brutal and outright bizarre unsolved mass murders to have taken place in Germany. And that is, of course, the Hinterkaifeck murders. So if you've heard of it before, I did some, I did a lot of research for this, but a lot of it, the reports are in German. Oh, okay. Google Translate so is not great, <laughs> especially when you have to type it in by hand because oh, it's all images. So I was just no. like, I fucking give up You might as well this. just learn German and That's go from there. That's what it was there. like. I was like, do I know anyone who's German? I'm like, wait, we're German. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't speak it though. Yeah. On March 31st, 1922, the mass murder of five members of the Gruber family and their live-in maid occurred on the Hinterkaifeck farmstead located an hour north of Munich, Germany. So it now has a different name that I didn't write down, but it's like Walderstone or something. Okay. Journalism gone good so far. <laughs> so it's only like an hour north of Ger- of Munich in mm. Germany. The Gruber family consisted of 63-year-old patriarch Andreas, his 72-year-old wife Kazelia. I don't know if it's Kazelia or Kazelia. I'm going to call it Kazelia. Mm-hmm. Her, the lady, oh, person. Like, I mean, there's a bit of an age discrepancy there. Kazelia was a bit of a cougar. Their 35-year-old daughter, Victoria. Victoria's seven-year-old daughter, Kazelia. So she named her after a mum. So I'm going to call her young Kazelia, which sounds like a rapper. But just for just so everyone is staying on the straight Mm. and narrow, it's young Kazelia we'll refer to the daughter as. And Victoria's two-year-old son, Joseph. So all five members of the family, along with their 44-year-old live-in maid, Maria Bumgartner, were all viciously bludgeoned to death one after the other. About one kilometre from the small town of Hinterkaifeck, the Grubers had lived in relative isolation on their farm surrounded by forest. So I couldn't, I, it didn't really show how many acres it was or anything, but they had livestock and yeah. sheds, barns, everything. So it was probably, I don't know, at least 50 acres, I would hypothesise. So the wealthy family was somewhat well known in the area and not always for the best of reasons. 
Andreas Gruber wasn't very well liked within the community due to his status as an unfriendly recluse who was known to beat his wife on occasion. Nobody likes that. No, everyone's like, mm, probably not going to have a beer with you. Seems weird. I feel yucky. Yeah. He's that guy that walks up to the group and goes, hey guys, what are you doing later? He's just like, oh, my wife wants me home. Yeah. Like, just not, not beating my wife. That's what I'm That's doing That's what I'm later. up to, yeah. It was also rumoured, it gets worse, it was also rumoured that Andreas's two-year-old grandson, Joseph, was a product of an incestuous relationship with his daughter, Victoria. No. Mm-hmm. Bit of incest going on. So Victoria's husband, Carl Gabriel, had died in 1914 fighting in the French trenches during the First World War. So there's no way Joseph could have been Carl's son. Victoria had always claimed that a man from a neighbouring farm, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, was in fact Joseph's father. He'd once been a suitor of hers, but for the most part, he denied that the child was his. Despite the allegations of incest and the mystery surrounding Joseph's parentage, Victoria happened to be quite well liked within the Hinterkaifeck community. Unlike her cold demeanoured father, she was considered friendly and had a heavy presence at the local church where she was a member of the church choir. So apparently she had like, she was considered the songbird of their generation. (laughs) (laughs) For a minute there, you took on the shape of a unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) She like, she sung really nicely and I think... A lot of people kind of ignored that about, like, the... That was uh, good enough to yeah, sweep the rest under I guess, the rug. She's a, she's a God-fearing lady. It's, it's not her fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh. In spite of this, the Gruber family as a whole was seen as antisocial, bordering on hostile, and members of the community would avoid them where possible. In the months and weeks leading up to the massacre, strange events began to occur on the farm. Six months before the murders took place, the family's original maid abruptly quit. When Andreas questioned her about her sudden resignation, the maid admitted she believed the house was haunted. Elaborating, she said she often heard weird voices and strange noises surrounding the house, as well as disembodied footsteps emanating from the attic. So the house was really big. Like it was a big L-shaped house. And the barn, This I think this is like common maybe in climates where it does get very, very cold back in the day, mm. was attached to the house. So there was a door into okay. the barn. So it's like your garage, but it's your barn. But you know ba- what I mean? <laughs> That, that kind of vibe. Yeah. So this big L-shaped house, there's a, there's a really large attic. The maid even went as far to say she believed she had seen a ghost. Okay. These seemingly supernatural events had left the maid shaken up and she wanted to leave the farm immediately. She couldn't bring herself to remain there a moment longer. Andreas thought it was strange but concluded the maid was either a little unhinged or overly superstitious. Two weeks before the murders, things got even stranger. Andreas had relayed to neighbours that he had gone out onto his property after a snowstorm and he came across footprints leading from the forest at the rear of the farm right up to the back door of the house. Oh, that's creepy. He searched the area surrounding the house and he could not find any prints returning from the house to the forest. This obviously alarmed Andreas as this implied someone had come from the woods and was now somewhere in the Gruber house. So someone's like walked up. Mm. There's only one set of footprints into the house. Like, Unless he's walked up and then he's walked backwards back into how, the forest. How creepy is That's that, so though? scary. He conducted a thorough search of the house and the area, going through the attic, the attached barn and the tool shed, but wasn't able to locate any signs of an intruder. So he went for a look to make Dude, sure there was, was no like, one the there, fuck? as you would. He, this ain't a horror movie. He's not like, meh, and shrugging his shoulders and being like, That's weird. Like, he was yeah. like, the fuck is going on here? Plus, I feel like sometimes farmers are just like, I'm going to go to the night. Like, it gives them something to be exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's scary, but, but, but exciting. Even they, these days, like, farms are very protective of what they have. So, imagine back then, like... Yeah. Back in the day, they would have just been like, what the hell? Mark, get my gun. <laughs> my good gun. Damn <laughs> raccoons back again. <laughs> that night, he was awoken by mysterious sounds coming from the attic. The attic was a pretty big space. It was mostly used in an area to store hay to dry out. So, it was essentially a third floor. That's yeah. how big it is kind of thing. Wait, so was it a double-story house and then it had an yep. attic on top of it? Yes. Okay. And I they put hay up there to so. dry it out. Yeah. It was It was like a, like you could probably walk up around in there. It was like tight, but it was, yeah, it was yeah. big. That's where they put the hay to dry out. You'd think they'd put the hay in the barn. <laughs> where do the cows go? Outside. <laughs> <laughs> In combination with what Andreas had experienced with the footprints that day and also the previous made stories of ghostly activity in the attic, Andreas one again, once again went up there to conduct a thorough search and once again he found nothing. The next morning, a newspaper not belonging to any of the group of family members was found on the porch. He questioned the family multiple times about the origin of the newspaper but they were all adamant they'd never seen it. 
So this unusual newspaper just rocks up from nowhere. No idea who it belongs to. The postman didn't deliver it. That's such a weird thing to bring along. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing in hiding? What, ghosts don't like to read too? they got to keep up on current events. Do you remember when you play hide and seek and you get a really good hiding spot and then you immediately needed to wee? (laughs) Imagine how bad he must have needed to wee. Oh, you've got to have reading material. Yeah, he's exactly right. It's like today's iPhones. You can't go to the toilet without your phone. (laughs) That's what he's doing. Weeing in the attic, that's what the noise is. So not long after these occurrences, on March 30th, 1922, one day before the murders would take place, Andreas's house keys just up and vanished. He began searching the buildings on the property, and when he got to the tool shed, he noticed these deep scratches and marks all over the outer walls. This disturbed Andreas, as it appeared as though someone had been attempting to break in and was testing for the easiest entry point. It's like a velociraptor. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Like, who I'm going to test this. Like, yeah, <laughs> so it was all over, like, his tool machinery building. Wow. Like someone had been trying to gain entry. He again went and told neighbours about this, asking if they'd experienced anything similar, and they said they had not. That night, Andreas had also found one of his cows wandering alone on the property after somehow escaping the barn. So he returned the cow to the barn and was like, naughty, don't do this. (laughs) On the morning of March 31st, 1922, some hours before the murders were suspected to have occurred, the new maid, Maria Baumgartner, arrived at the farm for her first day of work. Oh, girl. How fucking unlucky. Oh, How unlucky girl. is that? We've all had bad first days at work, but come on. <laughs> How many of us have been murdered? This was the last day anyone would see the Grubers and Maria alive. Fast forward to April 4th, 1922, when the Hinterkaifeck community were growing concerned about the welfare of the Grubers, mainly due to young Kazeli missing school, which she never did, and also Victoria's unexplained absence from the church choir practice. Three men from the town decided to head out to the farm and check on the Grubers. When they arrived on the farm, their calls to the family went unanswered. They performed a quick search of the property and found nothing amiss. Everything seemed normal. However, the men did note the unnerving, silent atmosphere of the farm. The three men extended their search to the buildings and went into the barn. Upon entering, they were met with the horrendous sight of Andreas's, Kazili's, Victoria and young Kazili's lifeless bodies. Each of them had received multiple blows to the head with a sharp, heavy object, and oddly, their bodies had been carefully stacked upon each other and covered in a thin layer of hay. So, like, trying to cover it up kind of thing. Yeah, but their bodies, like... Is it, like, Jenga? That sounds really, like... No, that sounds, like, really insensitive. But you know, like, the vibe, it's like a crisscross kind of stuff. That's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm picturing, is they've crisscrossed and then he's sprinkled a bit of hay over the top of them. Yeah, some hay over the top of them. The shocked men then began frantically searching for baby Joseph, the only member of the family that was missing. They entered the house and located Joseph in Victoria's room, laying dead in a bassinet. They next went into the maid's room, where she was also found dead in her bed. The men immediately called the police, and within hours, investigators from Munich were on the scene. They completed the preliminary autopsies and began piecing together the evidence to determine what most likely happened. They concluded that the perpetrator murdered everyone but Joseph with a mattock, a farm tool similar in appearance to a pickaxe and traditionally used for digging and chopping. And not murder. Not murder, no. No. It wasn't designed for that. Interestingly, I was at mum and dad's yesterday and dad had this tool at the front of the house. And I went, watch that. And he goes, it's a mattock. And I went, I know. <laughs> I know. You, you know? put it there, didn't you? And I was like, do you know how I know? But how, how weird is that as well? I'd never seen it there before. And then you slowly oh. pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I hadn't seen it because I hadn't noticed. You no, know what I mean? Yeah. This made me notice it, but I was like, I know what you use that for. <laughs> so it was speculated that whomever had committed the crimes was familiar with the use of a mattock as all of the victim's wounds had been inflicted with precision and confidence. So there was only head wounds. There was no wounds to any of the bodies. Everything was... A head Straight wound. at the head. Headshots all the way Dude, around. Dude, you'd have to be fucking expert level, hey. you just got to be able to swing very, very, yeah. very good. But, like, it's not like someone's holding them down and they're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, they're... Does that mean that you kind of surprised them a little bit? Because you'd almost have to... If someone's coming at you and you're trying to hit them, it's going to be very difficult to smack them in the head with something. I, w- I would assume so. Because if you're going to get assaulted by someone, the first thing you protect is your head. Yeah, you put your hands up. Yeah. So there was no defensive wounds like that. Yeah, that's so, weird. Yeah. Victoria, her mother, and the main Maria were still in their day clothes when everyone else had been dressed for bed, leading investigators to believe the murders took place sometime in the early evening. It was thought the perpetrator had lured the victims into the barn one by one, starting with Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it kind of supports your theory of, like, they obviously surprised them and it wasn't like they tried to take on a bunch of them at once. No, that's right. He probably just waited for them to come through the door one by one. Yeah, your turn. Yeah. Your turn. This is strange, though. Victoria and her mother suffered the worst wounds, with Victoria exhibiting nine star-shaped wounds to the head and also signs of strangulation. That's a bit of emotion in that. Seems excessive, doesn't it? Yeah, just a As little well, bit. nine. 
Kazelia was the next to be lured to the barn and murdered. She suffered several blows to the head un- along with a cracked skull and like her daughter, Kazelia showed signs of strangulation. So only Kazelia and her were the only two to be strangled. That's weird. Yep. So next to enter the barn was Andreas. He was bludgeoned so badly his cheekbones could be seen protruding through the skin and the flesh on one half of his face had actually been shredded. Mm. Someone was mad. Two face. <laughs> <laughs> Flip a coin. Flip a coin. <laughs> After Andre, we shouldn't laugh about no, this. No, we terrible. Shouldn't. After Andreas came seven-year-old young Cazelia. Arguably, young Cazelia had suffered the most during this attack, at least emotionally and psychologically. Like the others, she had received multiple blows to her skull, and along with that, she had a shattered jaw and a wide traverse gaping wound to her neck. Despite her wounds, the coroner believed she'd live for at least two to three hours after she was initially attacked before she succumbed to her injuries. Oh, how bad would that be? This was supported by by tufts of her own hair found tightly clenched between the fingers of her right hand. They hypothesized that due to the trauma of the event, she began to pull out clumps of her own hair as she slowly died. Oh, my God. How bad is that? That's so traumatic. Mm Mm-hmm. Once the perp had finished in the barn, they made their way into the house where their first stop was Victoria's bedroom where baby Joseph had been sleeping. He was killed with a hard slap to the face, which also destroyed the canopy of the bassinet Joseph was laying in. He was also covered in one of Victoria's skirts. What was that, a hard slap? Yeah. Like he'd bitch slapped the crap out of him or something. I don't know. I don't feel... That must have been a hard slap. Surely it was like a punch. I don't know. I don't want to think about it too. I don't want to dwell on it too We won't dwell on that one. He passed away. (laughs) The perp then went into Maria's room where she was either hiding or asleep. It's unclear. There's been like mixed reports on it. She was either, some say she was dressed in a night clothes. Some say she was still in her day clothes. Some say she was asleep. Some say she was hiding. So Do you reckon that when he come through the door, he was just like, knock, knock, room service. She's <laughs> like, this is such a lovely addition to the family. I'm really enjoying my first day. Yeah. Just here comes Maddox first. Mm-hmm. The maid was killed by crisscross blows to the head and covered with a bed sheet. All victims had been covered with something after being killed. At first, the murder weapon could not be located and it was initially believed the murderer had taken it with them when they'd left the farm. However, a year later, when the new owners of the property decided to demolish the house and barn, they found the mattock in the attic where it was still covered with the victim's blood. In the attic. Again, with the attic. The old mattock in the attic. (laughs) Lots of title of a movie. Yeah. It was determined the murders had occurred on the night of March 31st, which perplexed some of the neighbours as their accounts of the activity on the farm didn't match up with the timeline of the deaths. Even days after the murders took place, they noted seeing smoke coming from the chimney of the house. So someone was obviously keeping a fire going in there. So they didn't just go in and get it. They've gone in and they've kind of stayed there for a little Mm -hmm. bit. The police report also showed that livestock had been fed and the cows had even been milked. What? (laughs) Who does that? So someone stuck around after the murders to like tend to the farm They'd eaten meals there. They'd like slept there. Done the like the yard work. They weren't bothered by the bodies. Who does that? The worst thing about having a farm is the responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, we'll get to that. So there were a few other strange things that the police discovered during the investigation that added to the bizarre nature of the case. A few weeks before the murders, Victoria had emptied her bank account, which was a significant amount of money. So a whole heap of money. She donated 700 gold mark to a church. And to get an idea of how big of a donation that was, the annual earnings at the time was around 430 gold mark. So it's almost two years wages. Almost. And do you think I try to figure out the inflation? I just... Let's go. Let's go. It's about 70,000. Nah, I'd say 50. <laughs> we'll call it an even 60. 40,000. <laughs> Average. Is that it US or Aussie? war, like just after the war. It's probably very low. Mm. I don't know, but I was like, I'm not even going to look up inflation. And then I was like, why don't I get an idea by looking at the annual? <laughs> the <laughs> So I'm not sure what percentage of her savings that was either. That $700, like how much she retained and how much she donated. But that's a shit ton of money. She could just be buying likes. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) She's just buying friendliness from the the community. Another possible significant piece of information to be noted was when the police first arrived on the farm, there was a lone cow wandering the property. The same old Bessie got out again. Yeah. So you remember that cow's out. So do you think maybe the cow was lured to the barn? Like the sorry, do you think maybe they used the cow as a lure to the barn? So they said it. They released it the night before. Mm. They watched Andreas come out and get the cow and lure it, like and take the cow back into the barn. Like maybe they were like it was like a trial run. Like let's see what happens if I do this to, in an attempt to get a family member alone. Yeah. But that night, Victoria was the one 
that was still in her day clothes, whereas Andreas was already dressed he was to already bed. He packed up for bed. So maybe she was like, fuck, I'll go get the cow then, this bloody cow. <laughs> don't make mincemeat out of it yet. Yeah. But so she was like, because like, she was the first murdered. So, and Kazalia was the only other one that had her like day clothes on as well. So you reckon he's like, he's got his pajamas on, that Bessie's got out again walking away. He's just like, go get it. Like, I've got my bed clothes on. Yeah, but I think he said it heaps ruder. And then, (laughs) let's go with a nice version. So she's gone out to get the cow and put it back in. All of a sudden, she's been missing for like 10 minutes. Yep. And then he's like, bloody hell, where is she? Oh, oh, oh. Can't get a woman to do a man's job. he said Kazelia then. (laughs) He said said Kazelia. Sent her out. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. So he's, oh, bloody, better get up. Yep. You want something done, you ought to do it yourself. Yep. And, and the next minute sudden, he's out. Because he's like, I'm hungry. The maid is in her room. Joseph's already been put to bed. If that's the way it happened, that is pretty smart. That's, yeah. But, and then it would also show, like, that they were, like, planning this. Like, this was premeditated. Yeah. This wasn't just, like, some, yeah, someone's come to the farm and being like, bye, everybody. But yeah. It, yeah, even, like, staying there. If you went there and it wasn't premeditated and you just killed everyone, you'd be out of there. You yep. wouldn't be hanging around. Mm-hmm. So at first, the investigators thought robbery may have been the motive for the murders, as Zagruba's wealth was well known in the community. Andreas kept a large amount of cash in the house, some of which was left out in the open. None of this cash had been touched, nor had any jewellery or other items of value. This took the robbery angle off the table. After what the previous superstitions made had said about a ghostly presence in the house, some more fanciful members of the community thought maybe the murders had been made by a vengeful spirit. This is a strong spirit. Very strong. He just wiped out a whole family. <laughs> a whole so OP. A couple of generations. <laughs> Over a hundred potential suspects were interviewed regarding the crime, but in the end, the investigators narrowed it down to three men. One of them was an escaped mental institution patient, Joseph Bartel, who was suspected of being in the area at the time. Bartel had originally been institutionalized in 1919 after being convicted of a gruesome murder. He was brought to the attention of the investigators by a clairvoyant who had been doing a seance and saw an image of him believing he had committed the murders. Obviously, the police dropped everything to investigate this possibility. They really did. They soon realised they had no evidence to support Joseph Bartel as the killer other than the grisly nature of the case. They found he wasn't even in the area at the time the murders took place. Mm. Other details... Always blame it on the crazy people, don't they? Well, I think it's like like human nature to want to, isn't it? Mm. Because you can't... Why did people do it? You know what I mean? Like it's it's like you can't fathom why someone would do something so awful. So no. they they just like they want to be like this is what happened. This is why. So other details of the case implicated someone closer to the family. The fact that each victim's face had been covered in some way suggested an emotional connection between them and the killer. So usually when a killer covers the face, like it, it's like an emotional murder or it suggests that they are, have a connection with them. It's almost like, I don't know if you would say shame or regret, but it's like they don't want to look at what they've done. And it sort of sounds like that because he didn't cover them up enough to like try and hide them. It was just to cover them up he to didn't, like get them out of sight. Especially of if he was going to stay in the house for a little bit. Like I just, it was like, yeah, it, it's a strange one. It doesn't necessarily suggest that he felt shame. It just suggests that he may have had an emotional connection to them, but he wouldn't have hated them because if he hated them, he wouldn't have given a shit. He'd be like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And just left them uncovered and be like, you deserved it. I don't know, but it just, it it showed that he had some sort of emotional feeling towards them. That sounds plausible. Mm. This is supported by Victorian Kazilia's evidence strangulation, which is consistent with a crime of passion, bringing police to, to their next two main suspects. So remember how Victoria had a husband, Carl Gabriel, who died in 1914 during World War One. Yes, in the trenches or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Well, his body was never recovered and he became a main suspect in the murders. Oh, so they reckon... So they just, they were like, what do you call it when you die in the war and they think you're dead, they can't locate you or your body? MIA or KIA. Something like that, but yeah, KIA, they were just, but they were just like, yeah, like we don't have a body to give you or whatever, we're fairly certain. Yeah, like, missing Like his action. whole troop died or whatever, so we assume, we assume he's, he's dead, dead as well. Yeah. So the investigators had actually received tips from the public that he was still alive and well. This theory was fueled by reports that people had met a Russian soldier who claimed to be the Hinterkaifeck killer. A close friend of Carl's even admitted he had met up with him in 1919. So I don't think that's that far-fetched to um, to have... Like, I think it's a common thing, especially in the wars, or like even like the two towers... Not the two towers. I'm not talking about Lord of the Rings. Like, fucking... <laughs> the, when, um, Is this all you have, Sarabon? <laughs> You know, to, in 2001, September 11, mm. um, the World Trade Center, a, 
like some people started new lives because they and then they were yeah. found out that they hadn't you know what i mean yep. like people take advantage of these situations and it's not uncommon for people to have thought to have been dead in and just war, leave their were lives actually alive yeah. or were to return home and people were like i thought you were dead sort of thing because before Carl left for war, he was a farmer, meaning he had experience with using tools like the mattock, and he would be privy to the day-to-day tasks of running the Gruber farm. But what was his motive, and why would he kill his own daughter, young Cazelia? I looked a little further into the rumours surrounding Victoria and her father's incestuous relationship, and it turns out the rumours weren't just rumours. Mm, that's motive. Dude, in 1915, Victoria and Andreas were actually convicted in a court of law of incest. Oh, so they actually tried them. Yep. Judge and you, you, uh, so yep. it wasn't rumors. Actually, Dude. this actually happened. Victoria was sentenced to a month in jail, and Andreas was sent away to prison to a like a prison like establishment for a year. I'm not sure what evidence they had to like support this incest, though. But well, there'd be no the, DNA evidence or anything no, back then. But the judge was like, "It's happening." This conviction of incest makes a theory that young Kazeli may not even be Carl's daughter. Carl and Victoria were married on April 4th, 1914, and young Kazilia was born January 9th, 1915, nine months and six days after their wedding. Numbers don't add. Right. So it sounds like one of the articles I read sounded almost like, so Carl Gabriel's family were farmers and he did not want to marry Victoria. Okay. And it sounded like there was some sort of monetary exchange for them to be Like the old days. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether it was a case of she... They surely... She wouldn't have known she was knocked up yet, surely. Well, she might have. She actually might have because it's usually 10... Like 10 months is like a pregnancy, not nine. It's like roughly... It's like 40 weeks. Yeah. And you would know after four weeks. Do you I'm, know not, I'm not sure. I'm not an expert. I don't, I don't, I don't know how... I'm, oh, I haven't had a baby. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass I this one to you. I've had a baby. So she may have already been pregnant maybe or maybe she... Like, you know what I mean? Or maybe... It just, or maybe she did get pregnant on a wedding night or whatever, but it, it appeared that there was some sort of like urgency in the matter and that they, like Carl's family had been given a sum of money for him to marry her. Like a dowry for him kind <laughs> to of, marry yeah, her. Yeah, kind of. And like the promise of the inheritance of their farm and wealth. Uh, okay. It's yeah. like a political move almost. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Carl had died before his supposed daughter's birth, meaning he never had the opportunity to develop a bond with her. And maybe you heard about the incest conviction and figured she wasn't even his child. So this is all pure speculation on my part. They're yep. just I'm just trying to like figure out a motive, perhaps. Yeah. So according to some records, Carl was also seeking a divorce and made this clear before leaving for war. So he left for war the same year he was married. <sighs> You know what I'm saying? Like, things weren't good. Like, I think he was like, it ain't fucking Screw this, I'm it. going off the yeah. fight in the war. <laughs> I'd rather die. Were you conscripted? No, I'm just leaving. Yeah, I'm gone. I've had enough. So apparently he couldn't stand Victoria or her family and he wasn't even living with them on the farm when he left for war. He, like, he hated them. So he, this was really not set up by him. He had no interest in all. Nah, it he, just sounds like his parents wanted the connection. Maybe he didn't. I don't think he knew her that well when they got married. And no. he was like, sweet, what a deal. And then he was just like, oh, that's why they, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. why. Too good Ugh. to be true. <laughs> Usually is apparently he thought they were like fucking hella weird, like yeah, right. which is like if they're incest, yeah, that would be crazy. Yes. <laughs> I would not be living there. How st- no? Susie goes and shakes at that hand. Yeah, we we liked a little bit of incest around here. <laughs> she tickles him. <laughs> oh, it'd be gone so quickly. The murders took place three days before what would have been Victoria and Carl's eighth wedding anniversary. Okay. So the speculation that driven from. There's speculation that driven by curiosity, he returned to the farm and spied on the Grubers for a little bit and he saw some things he didn't like, like the incest, the two-year-old baby that obviously wasn't his and didn't have a father. So he didn't think his daughter was his and like he probably, I don't know, fucking saw some incest shit, yeah. Well, it sounds like from step one he didn't like this family anyway. Yeah. And then he's like what you're saying, if this is what happened, he come back and he's witnessing all this other stuff, like he's got the kid there. Because he's been hiding in the attic or whatever. Yeah. And this is my theory. I don't think I saw this anywhere. I can't remember. I wrote this quite some time ago. My theory is, you know how the original maid was like, left the farm because she saw a ghost. Ghost. Maybe she saw him. Maybe she saw him and was like. And has never seen him before. So she was just like, it's a ghost. Well, she remembers him. Or maybe like she's seen him and she's oh, like, oh, because she man's thinks supposed he's to died be dead. The, yeah, I'm following And now. so she's like, it's a ghost. I'm leaving because this ghost is in the fucking addict. So he was obviously like watching them. And it would make sense. Like, he doesn't really have anywhere to live. He's just a floater, so he's hanging around. Plus, like, he would have seen some horrific shit at war. Oh, God, So he's probably, like, really desensitized to, like, death and dead bodies. And, like, that's why he could probably stay at the house and not be bothered by it. 
The third main suspect and the person most believed to be guilty of the crime is Victoria's one-time suitor, rumoured father of Joseph and neighbour, Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Schlittenbauer. Schlitterbahn. Have you not, like, picked up on the fact that their last name's Gruber either? Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. <laughs> Every time I was writing Gruber, I was just like, Hans Gruber. Yeah. So when Joseph was born, Victoria had alleged that Lorenz was the father, which was a claim Lorenz vehemently denied. He was so mad about the claim that he even went to the police and reported Andreas and Victoria for their incestuous affair. So it aligns with the time, like Joseph's birth aligns with the time of their conviction. Yeah. So it's like, no, 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 you, you guys are fucking. Like you, yeah. So that, and that might have been all the evidence they needed was just him to accuse I think so. Her. So later, as requested by Victoria, Lorenz withdrew his report and doing a big 180, admitted he was Joseph's father. What? Most people believe there was some sort of bribe involved in Lorenz's retraction. Victoria was a wealthy widow mm. who was set to inherit the Gruber farm, which was adjacent to Lorenz's farm. And there were implications that Victoria told Lorenz she would marry him if he withdrew his report, as if he'd fucking want to. Be like, no, I fucking, if you say you won't marry me, I'll withdraw it. Yeah. Lorenz then went to make a one-off lump sum child support payment to Victoria using money she had given him to give to her. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking pyramid scheme. Oh, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's the olden day pyramid right? scheme. It's all so it is. It was agreed that by doing this, Lorenz was relinquishing his parental obligations to Joseph. And then Andreas was then assigned legal guardianship in place of Lorenz. What the fuck? How weird is this? It's fucking weird. Uh, it's like some strange kind of facade of like, like him paying this child support is like, oh yeah, it's making the community believe that the child is his, but yeah. it's not his fucking money. Like Victoria gave it to him so he could like pop into the bank and be like, yeah, that's my cute day. Y'all just playing games. <laughs> It was also claimed that right before the murders took place, Victoria was planning on suing Lorenz for child support. This would explain why Victoria emptied her bank account. Perhaps she was about to complete the same strange transaction again, where she gives Lorenz money to pay her back as child support to keep up the appearance of him being Joseph's father. And perhaps this was the time... And perhaps this time, Lorenz didn't want to return Victoria's money. Nah, I'm over this shit, girl. Mm. I'm out. Yeah. Since the last time this deal had taken place, Lorenz had married and started a family of his own. Unfortunately, Lorenz's child passed away three or four days before the family was massacred. Perhaps the grief of losing his child compounded with having to make this strange song and dance payment scam type deal for a child he didn't even believe was his pushed him over the edge. Lorenz was also one of the original three men to conduct the welfare check on the Gruber family because he was concerned about Joseph. He kept saying, my boy. Some strange behaviour regarding Lorenz was noted by the other two men while they were searching the farmstead. When the three men first arrived in the barn, the family dog, which had been tied up in there, acted adversely to Lorenz and only Lorenz. Like, he was, like, barking and, like, no, 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 Always trust the dog. Yeah, the dog was tied up. It had to see all that. Like, it was tied up in there with the bodies. Like, that was, that would be I'm a big believer in always trust the dog. It was going off, didn't care about the other two guys, was, like, going off at this dude. That also um, made me think a little bit, when you first said about the... I think it was the next day all th- three guys went out there mm-hmm. and checked over it. But then this family wasn't a very liked family in the mm-hmm. community. Like, they kind of tolerated Victoria because of, like, a happy, yeah. clappy, churchy, churchy kind of stuff. But then the next day, all oh, we're worried about them. Well, it had been four days. Oh, so it was four days yeah, after. So the, I thought it was the next day they went no, looking no, no, for no. them. No, no, no. So the murders happened on March 31st mm-hmm. and then by April 4th. They were like, young Kazelia hasn't been at school. Like, um, Victoria hasn't come to church yeah. practice. Like, because of that combination. That makes a bit more sense. Yeah, yeah, and they never, like, they would never miss Kawhi. They never miss school. Like, the community was like, this is weird. Yeah, they were like, right. something, bit, something's going yeah. on. Yeah. And it was a small community. They probably were like, whoa. It was like, bit of know, gossip. Yeah, like, what's going on? Someone go out there. According to one of the men, Lorenz had disturbed everything there was to disturb. And that's a direct quote. He had no qualms with handling the corpses. He even started casually unstacking the mangled bodies. Mm-hmm. The other men reminded Lorenz not to touch anything and reported that he showed a surprising familiarity with the farmstead. After discovering the bodies, Lorenz had gone from the barn to the front door of the house and unlocked it. When questioned how he unlocked the door, he stated he had found the keys in a lock when he went inside. That might sound innocuous enough, but remember Andreas had lost his keys the day before the murder. Yep. But then maybe the suspect who did take the keys left the keys in the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the keys, Andres didn't have the keys that night. Lorenz even knew that the door to the maid's room had to be opened in an unusual way by lifting the handle up as opposed to the normal way of pushing the handle down. Eh, 
Maybe the room used to belong to Victoria and he'd come around <laughs> for a bit of tickling. Bit of, I don't a bit know. of milk and cookies. <laughs> but that's a strange one, I think. That as is well. strange. Because you'd have to remember that too. Like, I don't know. After finding the bodies and calling the police, Lorenz remained on the farm, feeding the livestock and going as far as making himself a meal in the kitchen. So first of all, feeding the livestock seems kind of nice. He's like worried about the livestock. He's like, well, they need to eat. Yeah. But like, Bessie, do done, you- Bessie done a good job. <laughs> yeah, but do you need to eat in the kitchen, which is like right next door to the barn where all the dead bodies are in the house uh, where no. your supposed dead son is? Yeah. He didn't give a shit. He didn't appear to be bothered at all by the grotesque scene around him while the other two men were visibly shaken up by the discovery. But why would Lorenz commit the murders and then remain on the farm for a few days after? It's been theorised he may have been creating himself an alibi to make it appear as though the Grubers lived longer than they had. Lorenz had no real alibi for the night they were murdered. So if he hung around on the farm and was lighting stuff and they thought he died four days, they like the investigators thought they died like three days after they actually did when he could have been like, oh, I was at the county fair and everyone saw me yeah. there sort of thing. Whereas it's like an he, old school alibi kind of setup. Yeah, whereas he had no like substantial... Smart. Yeah, no substantial alibi for the, the night they were murdered. He told police on the night the murders took place he was sleeping in the barn because he was worried about being robbed after the stories Andreas had told him. Lorenz's wife corroborated this, but it's worth noting Lorenz suffered from severe asthma, so I'm not sure it'd be how possible it would have been to sleep in the barn. With all the straw and hay, yeah. and shit. like it, you know what it's like when you enter a hay shed. You you are in a hay shed straight away. You yeah, notice immediately it straight you away. Can, you feel the effects of being in there. Yeah, Lorenz's farm was only located three hundred and fifty meters from the Grubers, which would have made it quite easy to bounce back and forth unnoticed while he tended to both farms. Yeah. So he might have run in there and like lit the fire and like milked the cows and fit and like you know what I mean and then just popped over. Yeah, the popped back home and then popped. I'm back sure over. he's done it before. How easy is it? Like Dad could do it here and you wouldn't even notice him gone. Like no. you don't think anything of it. One of the strangest things Lorenz did involved the murder weapon. When it was eventually found, Lorenz was adamant it was his matic that was used to massacre six people. <laughs> Putting his hand up, dude. But a young farmhand who had on occasion worked for Andreas denied Lorenz's claim, stating without a doubt he was certain it was Andreas's matic that he had handmade himself. Ah, so, yeah, so he's contradicted yeah, um, Lorenz. The farmhand was just like, it ain't yours. Like, dude, like, Andreas made this. I know it's his. Like, yeah. it's definitely his. So, like, why claim a murder weapon was yours? Maybe because he... No, I don't, they obviously didn't do fingerprints and stuff back a then. Good, a strong offence is a good defence or something? Or a good defence is a strong offence? Yeah, maybe it's, if you try and put yourself in plain sight kind of thing, mm-hmm. that means... I don't know, they kind of disregard you as a suspect. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because if you're like willing to come forward and be like, that belongs to me... Yeah, then you don't seem like, like you're hiding anything. Yeah, them. they'll be like, why else would you say it? That's the only reason I can think of why he's done it. Or he's just a fucking idiot. <laughs> maybe he just wanted free Matic out of all well, this. Probably. He's like, I always like that handmade one. I'd take it. Some years later, during a follow-up investigation, the detectives asked Lorenz how he felt about the Grubers having been murdered. His direct statement was, the Lord had his hand in the right place when this happened. These were bad people. Lorenz didn't exclude the children from this statement. Don't bring God into this. <laughs> it's the weirdest part. <laughs> yeah. He didn't do it. Fucking you did. Like, yeah. no. Despite the investigators' obvious suspicions, no one was ever arrested and the case went cold. It's been reopened over the years but remained unsolved. It was reopened in 2009 when students from the police academy in Germany examined the case, where they began reassessing the evidence with modern criminal investigation techniques. A lot of the evidence was either lost or degraded, and a lot of those involved were dead. They did establish a prime suspect, but out of respect for the living relatives, they never released it. Till this day, it remains unsolved. Yeah. Who do you reckon? I reckon it was Carl Gabriel. I don't know why. Like, it's not, but you know what I mean? Like... I think it was the last one, Lorenz. Like it yeah. sounds like him. I, I uh, personally, the one I liked the most was was it the middle one that got Carl Gabriel that went to war. Yeah, the husband. That's the one I liked the most. The story was cool. I think it kind of like when they were like, "Oh, but he was dead." I think that is not a good ex. Like I don't think that's a good enough excuse because like, it happened so often when soldiers were dead, yeah. but they really weren't. They were just marked as dead because they disappeared. Yeah. No, that's definitely the one I liked the most. And if it if you take away the being dead at war, which you say is like. Um, one of the main people do it all the time. It, everything fits. Yeah, like why? I and I don't understand like why Lorenz would be like creeping around in their attic. Like someone was up there for sure. I reckon. Well, it sounds like you got the footsteps that come out of the woods one way. Mm-hmm. They start hearing noises in the attic and stuff like that, and then next minute 
you got the cowl outside, and we've already covered that sort of yeah. theory. It all, if you follow the tracks, it all kind of fits into a nice little fantasy package there. Mm-hmm. If that's how it all went along, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Whoever did it, that was I. Whoever did it was related to them in some way. I'm not talking like family. I'm no. talking like emotional they, connection at least. It wasn't some crazy person that came off the street. It wasn't some person that had been slighted. It was someone who had known them and had probably known them for a while and had some sort of connection to them, whether yeah. it be like a neighbour or... Like, you know what I mean? It yeah. was someone... Uh, Especially like the choking of um, the women. Yeah. Like, why not just hit him on the head? Like, that's a bit weird too. Like, why did you choke him? Well, yeah, the strangulation Like, is, wouldn't you think... Didn't they have like six... Do pick- you think maybe... He choked because, because like they were the first two, he might have choked them because it was easier to quiet. grab them and choke them and then kill them with a matic. It's a little bit over, but like it's weird because strangulation it? isn't usually like a premeditated killing technique, I, unless it, you like are like a serial killer that like enjoys strangulation. You know what I mean? It's usually that's like your MO kind of thing. Yeah, it's usually a crime of passion, like the Seattle Strangler or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like sort BTK. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's more of a um, on-the-spot sort of surprise grab them and then... Yeah, or like you've down. lost your temper and your hands... Like, if you were going to a farm to kill... Like, I know they had the matic, but, like, if you were going to go somewhere premeditated to kill someone, you would bring a murder weapon. You don't just strangle people, you know what I mean? Like the no, but it makes sense that he strangled the women because maybe the women he knew weren't going to fight back as much. Yeah. Whereas Andreas walks in, he's probably a bigger... Bu- Bigger of a bloke. He's not going to try and choke him because it might go the other way kind of thing. Yeah, and plus, like, maybe it was a case of, like, he didn't want her to scream or mm. something. So it was it's way easier to just grab them and strangle them I and then so. kill them. Yeah, finish them off. might have strangled them, like, to unconsciousness and then killed her. Made sure, And yeah. then when Kazili came in, strangled her, killed her, and then it's like, oh, well, the, the last person in the house that's, like, an ad- adversary is fucking Andreas and I'm just going to go toe-to-toe with the motherfucker. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll hit him. Hopefully the first one hits him. But also I feel very sorry for the maid. <laughs> That's Dude, terrible. Like terrible timing. I feel bad for the kids. That the, that was the most disturbing part. The hair, like she'd pulled out her own That's hair. That's so true. That's terrifying. That she was in and so she much like, pain that she was ripping like, out her hair. But she was like stacked in with her her family as well. The kids didn't do anything wrong. Even if they were products of incest, it's not their fault. They didn't ask to be born. No. And he was like, they're evil. Maybe you just thought, I'll just do the whole lot. I think you have to, don't you? Especially, yeah. maybe he didn't intend to do her, but she came out she and came saw out, what was yeah. going on. And he was like, "I have to kill the maid." And then, if I plan this facade where I have to keep the livestock and everything alive for four days, I'm gonna have to keep this baby alive now. So now I have to kill the baby. Yeah. But the fact that you could do that and not like fucking feel a thing—that's yeah. that's the scariest part. Yeah, like, like living in the person, house and you got these people dead out in the barn. And do you think that someone that is capable <clears throat> of this sort of killing could have stopped killing? You know what I mean? I don't think I don't think that's like if we're talking about these guys having the emotional connection, that's all part of it. It'd be hard to stop for them. But like, it just mean like once you've killed a whole family, like then the postman. What just go on living your life? Yeah, well, the postman instead of delivering the package to your door, you see him put the note in your mailbox, even though you're like you're fucking right there and you didn't deliver the post. And I'm waiting for it. Yeah. So you kill him because that bothered you. You know what I mean? Like, Every little thing ticks you off. You, oh, I can get away with it. Well, I got away exactly, with that. Exactly, I got away with that, and that solved a problem. Like that person sounds like a psychopath. Yeah, I think so. Especially being desensitized to everything, which brings mm. us back to um, old mate that went to the war. Carl Gabriel, yeah. right? That sounds like a singer too, Carl Gabriel. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said that. I was just like, oh yeah, the, the famous <laughs> singer Carl Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought it, it was one of my favourite unsolved cases. That was cool. Yeah. I've never heard about that before. Which is shocking to me considering I featured it on my YouTube channel about four years ago. Really? Thank you for your support. It was my <laughs> first video. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> no, that was cool. That was real good. Yeah, I feel like Josh would be sad to miss it. Mm. He would have been his mind would have been blown here. He's I probably lo- off in Dubbo Zoo hitting the panic yeah. button again. Excuse me. Last week we were complaining about how we never go anywhere or do anything. And this asshole is Planning his next weekend adventure to Dubbo Zoo yeah. with the kids in an overnight roar and snore yeah. where you get to go and feed the animals. And he's sitting there whinging to me. <laughs> How dare he? Maybe it was like solidarity. Maybe. He just wanted me to, he's like, I better not say anything to her. I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> never. I feel like a lot of people know about that one, though. If you're into true crime more so than anything, I feel like a lot of people know about it. Because I listen to a lot of pod- podcasts, and some of it does have true crime in it, and that, but that's mm. one of the ones I've never heard of. I want to toot my own horn, but it's not easy getting information on it. Mm. There is some speculation as well that their original maid didn't 
complain about the ghostly stories. But then it, these backed up by other reports that the neighbours did say that Andreas was talking about his crazy maid. Yeah. Saying that there was ghosts and shit. Okay. Maybe she was just sick of wit- witnessing incest and she was I'd like, I'd say uh, so. That's what it sounds ghosts? like. Apparently, they weren't, like, by the sounds of it, they weren't very good people. <laughs> Imagine that exit interview. So why are you leaving? You be fucking your kid. Yeah. So I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, probably- I'm not about that, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Just makes me feel uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, at, at best, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that was this week's story. We're going to be back next week, obviously. We'll be back. I was using this generator on Facebook just because I thought it was fun and it was one of those sick ones. And it was, like, one of the lame ones where it's, like, what's your first name? Well, first letter of your first name, second letter of your last name, and then what are your birth month sort of thing. Mm. And mine was dance with the witch and be the nightmare. And I was like, that's fucking sick. That's you know cool, how usually yeah. they're really lame? And I was looking at all of them. I was like, this is so good. That's kind of cool. And then I was like, what about a sign off? Dance with the witch and be the nightmare. And I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. This isn't the 90s. <laughs> but yeah, that that was it this week. We're going to go have something to eat. Mm, going to go... Uh- have a bit of our burger. If you're feeling sad and blue and you don't know what to do, get a burger into you. Get a burger burger into you. Do you remember that? that yeah. <laughs> anyway, I forget. <laughs> we hope you enjoy your weekend unless you're an arsehole. Mm. If you're an arsehole or a murderer. And remember to send in those stories. Anyone doing any good oh, yeah. so- stories or topics or anything like that? Just probably the easiest way is to contact us through Facebook. Yeah, but if you want to remain anonymous... Bree no. at mellowtigerpodcast.com or jord at mellowtigerpodcast.com. And we will believe you. Unless you send me fucking Googled photos of fucking big <laughs> but I will not. So enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys. Bye.